I'm CJ Von Essen. I'm Alexa Zamora. And we will be watching every single comedy movie made in the year 2007. Oh seven. Oh seven. CJ, when was the last time that you read the Bible? <laughs> answer, answer the question, my son. Never, never. I That's never. fifty-seven hail marys. We don't even do that in the Greek church. I don't play do football. It. I don't play football. <laughs> we I'm watched a- Evan Almighty. Yeah, we did. I'm sorry, Alexa. I'm not a Bible boy. That's okay. You're not a Bible boy? No. How dare you? What do you mean, how dare I? How dare you? That's okay. You don't you don't really have to know the Bible. I've seen enough because pop Evan culture. Almighty Yeah, you've seen enough pop, pop culture and also Evan Almighty will beat it into your head. So that's okay. Repeatedly, yep. We watched Evan Almighty. The classic comedy biblical disaster movie of the year 2007 starring Steve Carell. I, biblical comedy disaster movie. I saw, I'm pretty sure that's kind of how Wikipedia described it. And I was like, are there more than that? Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> Aside categorized from this. it as a comedy, science fiction, and fantasy. Comedy, science fiction, and fantasy. That might make some people upset, but... <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Ay, ay, ay. I don't know. This movie was... Listen, anything is better than Chuck and Larry from last week. Oh, I'm my still God. fucking reeling over that shit. Yeah. But, um, you know, I can't, t- I can't sit good. here... No, I can't sit here and say, like, I liked it. Because I... I really didn't, especially... So in preparation for this movie, I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to watch Bruce Almighty. Because I did like that movie a lot when I was a kid. I shouldn't have been watching it as a kid, but I really, really liked it. So I was like, I'm going to watch Bruce Almighty to prepare. And then I got home from work last night, and then my boyfriend texted me and was like, hey, do you want to get on PlayStation and play Monopoly? And I was like, fuck yeah, I oh, do. Oh, shit, yeah. So I did that. I lost, but it doesn't matter. Monopoly's fun. And then I was like, oh, I'm just going to, I'll watch Evan Almighty on my lunch break today, and then on my way home, Evan Almighty, Bruce Almighty, um, I'll do that on, on my lunch break. And then I got about 20 minutes in, and then my friend came over and was like, hey, uh, I gotta kill some time, and I was like, "Well, do I love socializing?" So uh, I got through like the first, I would say, forty minutes of Bruce Almighty, and it was so much more fun than this. <laughs> you don't gotta uh, apologize for not finishing the movie. Was it? What was it rated? What was the movie rated? PG thirteen, I believe. Oh, and Evan is rated PG. Is it rated PG? It is, yes. Okay, now I have to officially see what sure. Bruce is rated because that's crazy to me. I think it's PG. From the reviews I read after watching the movie, they said it was PG. And they some praised 
their use of no bad words. Even though they did say... They said penis, they did say like, penis. three times. They did. But, you know, no bad words. Bruce Almighty was PG-13. And Evan? Was PG. Yeah, I was right. That's a, listen, I don't think it was really a PG-13... It would kind of be like a very tame PG-13, but I feel like it's really pushing it for PG. I don't know. You know? I think that's another, like, discrepancy between the two movies that further confirmed in my head the separation of the two because I don't know about y'all listening, but Alexa <laughs> and I struggled beforehand to just come up with if Bruce and Evan Almighty were connected, if they were sequels to like another. Yeah, because, because I turned out to be wrong. I thought that they were <laughs> two separate entities that somehow both had the same like script and did it. I don't know. That's what I just thought. I know that makes no yeah, sense. Yeah, he thought that they were both about an arc and like generally the same movie except they were different characters. But the, the uh, real answer is kind of weirder. Yeah, so the the movie is like a spin-off of Bruce Almighty because in Bruce Almighty Steve Carell plays Evan who is like Bruce's rival news anchor and he wants to be like a Bruce wants to be a head anchor but he's just like a field reporter who does like feel good human interest stories and Steve Carell as Evan is always like the hard-hitting news person and so they're in competition to take over as like the lead anchor after this uh one guy retires and then Steve Carell ends up getting it and Jim Carrey like is uh sabotaging him basically but the the weird thing about it is that like steve carl's character in bruce almighty is awful like he's like not as in like he's like a bad written character like he's funny and he's got like a lot of funny lines and he stood out really well in that movie he was enjoyable every time he was on but like he, he he's not exactly a character that you'd be like you know what i want to see more of this fucking guy. Like, he was an absolute mean, power-hungry douchebag so in they, that movie. So then they definitely kind of rewrote the character for this movie then, Oh, right? no. This is a 100% different character. That's the weird. only Yeah, it's really, really weird. It's like they turned him into... Especially, like, um, Bruce Almighty came out in 2003, I think. So yeah. it was like a yeah. five year difference. So, okay, you haven't seen Bruce Almighty in five years, and you go see Evan Almighty. <sighs> I'm so sorry. My stove just made a weird noise and scared me. You're good. My whole family decided to start walking through the house and closing <laughs> and opening doors. So, great. I'll just continue my thought then. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so like it's a completely. If you if you watch the mo Bruce Almighty five years later, you go see Evan Almighty, you're like, oh, okay, maybe he wasn't as bad as I thought, and he was just kind of like an annoying guy. Like, but watching Bruce Almighty the same day as watching this, it is night and day. It's, is These it are jarring? not the same character. It's oh, CJ, it's so jarring. Uh. It's like. These things, it turned him in from like a an, a power hungry asshole who's super mean to Jim Carrey and like he's just a a goofy dick basically. They like <laughs> turn him into like this like like his his 
biggest flaw is he's an overworking dad and like he has a family in this movie that wasn't mentioned in Bruce Almighty and then also he's like a he's like a clean freak that wasn't shown in Bruce Almighty and like he he's invested in politics and now he's a congressman like this could have been a totally new character Actually, I think in an interview, Steve Carell was like, yeah, it's basically a standalone movie. This is a different character. <laughs> like, so, 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 Alexa, why is this uh, another sequel to the movie? Because they wanted to make, uh, they wanted to make a Bruce Almighty sequel. And Jim Carrey was like, I don't do sequels. I don't play the same character twice. The only time he ever did that was in Ace Ventura. And when I read that, uh, my first thought was like, but what about the Sonic movies? <laughs> I genuinely want to know. I really liked him as Dr. Robotnik. I really liked the Sonic movies. I want to see him continue. I wonder if that's another uh, another exception. I was genuinely worried. Um, yeah, no, this movie, just like Chuck and Larry had, I, the production of this movie was a, was more interesting than the movie itself. I read that I would this was, say. at the time, the most expensive comedy movie ever made. The most expensive comedy movie ever made. Which is It a, was topped. Ugh. No, 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 no. Oh, it was topped by Men in Black 3 a couple years later. But okay. at the time, it was the most. The budget with marketing expenses is estimated to be about $200 million. <sighs> that's uh, that's just too much they originally i think they estimated it to be so did that all uh, like did that all go to like the cgi the animals the building of the art no it it literally almost entirely went to the cgi that did not age well either that is no it looked bad bad. and it was funny because they contracted a but like I think like three different visual effects uh, companies, and one of them was like in charge of the animals, the CGI animals, and they said that that took like months and like years to perfect. And then the other one, I think, which was I think Industrial Light and Magic, did the water, and then the water they were like, well, we had we used like previous technology from the movie Poseidon, and we just made it like, you, you know, we advanced it. Like they had to make new technology for this movie, and it looks awful. It's garbage. <laughs> It's, it's it looks so bad, but I don't know. I guess because it is the year 2020 and like uh, special effects have gone, have advanced so much. But like you say this, does this you say this? But then, but then there's cats. <laughs> and then there's cats, but then there's cats. We've seen the effects of 2020. So, you know, it's like it's like you see the effects of like the Avengers. Yeah, but that's then true. you see. Th- the effects of cats, and they both came out in the same year. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Yikes. Oh, I didn't like <laughs> You didn't like the noise I didn't like I made? that. No, that's, that's it like, reminded me of That's my shirt collar pull name. That's a yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. That was, it's, it just reminded me of a cat, and it upset me. Oh, I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. I won't make the noise anymore. I won't do it, all right? Oh. Uh, listen, you know what? I'm not going to stop you from living your best no, life, no, CJ. No, 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 The noise is not, gone. No, it's not. gone. I don't even know I'm what noise you're talking about you. anymore. It's out of my head. Oh, rest in peace. Anyway, <laughs> so this movie, what for my sanity, 
this movie um, was the most expensive comedy movie ever made at the time. And so a lot of money was thrown at this movie from the minute it was a fucking spec script. So this the spec script was originally written by these two men. I forget what their names are. I think their first names were like Mark and Joe. And they haven't really written a lot of big things since. I think the one guy has written like Good Luck Chuck and a couple other things. But they wrote a script called The Passion of the Ark. And I couldn't find a lot about the original script aside from it was like a single guy who was called upon by God to build an ark. And it was a comedy and it was sought after and fought over by seven different studios. Why is it that? was I don't know and I wish I could find the original script to like read it cuz it must have been in the most incredible script ever made. It was I think I think it was um like the highest bid on spec script ever written by people who have never been produced before. By people who have never made another movie before. And so this was like happened? their first screenplay. Then what happened to this movie? So Sony uh, beat out all of the other uh, studios. They purchased the rights and they were like, okay, well, now we have, now we have this script that everybody wanted. Let's uh, bastardize it. Uh, so they gave it to the writer of Bruce Almighty, which is Steve Odekirk, I believe you pronounce his last name, um, and was like, okay, turn this into uh, a sequel, please, for Bruce Almighty, because Bruce Almighty made us a lot of money. So he was like, okay, sure, whatever. So he started writing it and started writing it about Evan because Bruce would not come back. Um, And him and the director were like, well... Steve Carell had some of the funniest lines in the movie. Why not Evan? Which, I mean, I guess if you made him the same character, it might have been interesting, but you didn't. So eventually they were writing out this, like, changing the spec script of The Passion of the Ark, and then eventually they just threw the spec script out entirely. They were like, oh, I don't need this anymore. We're just starting from scratch. So they paid all of that money for nothing. How much money was it? I don't know. They didn't say. But it was the most money a unproduced ever yes spec script ever received at that time and then just threw it away at the end yep bid on by seven different uh studios like can you imagine that is being those two writers and you're like wow like this is really gonna be my time to fucking shine like we've never gotten produced in a movie before and now like everybody wants our script and we're gonna become famous writers and then like they just completely throw it out imagine the and now turmoil that they have inside imagine the turmoil oh my god i know because because they must have been riding such a big high because they have all this money Uh in their pocket now their film got bought on it's going to be a great success and then they're gonna have so much they're gonna be like known in, in hollywood forever and then it's in the trash bin i mean and yeah they plummet down from that high at least they have the money still but damn and, and, it made and me feel so sad for them. <laughs> listeners might be thinking, why are we still talking about but what happened before this movie was even made? We're talking about this because, unfortunately, this is more entertaining, more dramatic, and more engaging yes. than the film itself that we watched today. 
it's true it is it's more entertaining i so i'll it was directed and produced by somebody named tom shat shay shadiak can't pronounce that last name um but he directed and wrote Ace Ventura and The Nutty Professor, and he directed Liar Liar, Patch Adams, and Bruce Almighty, amongst others. Um, he really, really liked working with Jim Carrey. And if you notice, when he works with Jim Carrey, the movies are really good. Like Bruce Almighty and Liar Liar and even the Ace Ventura movies, they're awesome. When he doesn't have him, he makes things like Patch Adams, so... Did you not Patch like, Adams is a bad movie. You didn't like Patch I Adams? I did not like it at all. <laughs> no. I, I thought it, it didn't in... understand the tone at all. That was the um, Robin Williams movie, right? Robin Williams one, yeah. I watched that back in high school, and I remember really liking it. But I don't know. I, I felt like it didn't know what it wanted to be, if it wanted to be a comedy, if it wanted to be a drama. And then... Have you seen a lot of other It's Robin based Williams on a real... Stuff? Yes. Okay. Because I remember putting that, like, in the same category as, like, Good Morning Vietnam. Uh, I don't uh, know. I liked those movies better. Oh, Captain My Captain movie. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. definitely, like, bottom of that list. But I would always put them in, yeah. the, in my head. I don't know. And I could be wrong. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie in fucking years. Yeah, I haven't seen it in years. I just remember not really liking it. And I also didn't like that it's based off of a person. It's based off of a lot of different people. And they just, like, completely bastardized like the real guy's life mm, and like his okay. real story and i was like oh that's kind of fucked up yeah anyway he also um produced chuck and larry so wait he did he did he's one of the producers yeah <sighs> so you what know just bringing it back but honestly what a guy i looked up a lot about him because he's actually like a really interesting person he was um Oh, what's that? What's the name of that? And now it's escaping me. And I didn't write it down because I was like, of course it will not escape me. What's that? Um, the night talk show host. His name starts with a B and it was old timey. Bob Billy Hope. Bob Hope. Bob Hope. He was one of, yes, he was the youngest writer, joke writer ever for Bob Hope. He uh, was extremely successful with obviously with a lot of his movies and then in like 2010 he got into like this horrific bike accident and like had like a lot of it like had such a serious concussion that like he couldn't sleep and he was getting sick and like he had this like life-changing like moment where he was like oh my gosh what am I doing with my life why am I devoting it to like materialistic things I should just be like giving back to the earth and to the world and so he be he sold his house he moved into a trailer park at first which i looked it up it's a million dollar trailer park in malibu so i was like mm. but i mean his house was like 30 billion dollars so i guess that is like a, a downgrade for you but then but then he ended up moving out of there and moving to memphis and then he opened up like this gym and like rock climbing gym that's like pay what you will and it's like free and he does a lot for homeless people and he does a lot for like the environment and he did a, a documentary that apparently got a 23 minute standing ovation about like how he feels connected to the world it only got like a 37 on rotten tomatoes but at the time i guess it was awesome um he sounds so i was like i think i 
really like this guy. <laughs> and he sounds way more interesting than this movie was. And he is way more interesting. And then the writer, Steve Odekirk, also, uh, he wrote and directed the second Ace Ventura movie, and he wrote and directed the movie Barnyard, and then he direct, and also he was like the ugly, snotty kid in Barnyard, and then he produced and wrote for, and I think directed the Back at the Barnyard show, and he wrote The Nutty Professor, he wrote Patch Adams, and he fucking wrote Jimmy Neutron, boy genius. What a spread. What a spread. And was one of the producers of, like, uh, Crossing Jordan, which I never watched, but that was, like, apparently a super acclaimed crime show, and Planet Sheen. Planet Sheen. <laughs> so, and also the Talk both of them worked sequels. on Bruce Almighty, so. Yeah, right. Uh, and both of them worked on Bruce Almighty, so. I think it's time, unfortunately, to crack open the plot, the story, the writing of this movie. Yikes. Yeah, so this is the deal. So like I said, this is a spinoff, sequel, whatever, of the movie Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty is about a man named Bruce, played by Jim Carrey, who is constantly feels like he has the worst luck in the world and that God is constantly punishing him for God knows what. And one day he has like the worst day of his life. He loses his job to Steve Carell or the promotion to Steve Carell. Uh, he gets jumped. His car gets keyed. He gets like stuck in traffic. He just has like the worst day ever. He ends up getting fired because he has like an emotional breakdown live on uh, on camera on air so he leaves and he curses god and then he ends up meeting god in an abandoned warehouse who was played by morgan freeman which is quite possibly the most brilliant casting choice of all time oh yeah oh yeah and so god is like well if you think you can do my job why don't you and so this man jim carrey is imbued with all of the powers of god for a couple days i think maybe maybe like a week uh and then he ends up learning that even though he has phenomenal cosmic powder power uh it's not all that it's cracked up to be and you know you can make a change in your life or whatever it's got a nice message at the end and he ends up embracing his life i don't know like i said haven't watched the movie in years i only got through half of it yep. today yep. so <laughs> he ends up it's a good message at the end it's like you know, like, take take charge of your own life and believe in yourself or something. It doesn't matter. It's a cute movie. So that's Bruce. So Evan Almighty is about the character of Evan, who, like I said, was an absolute terrible douchebag of a human being in Bruce Almighty. Uh, now he's a nice-ish man, just a little stressed and overworked and doesn't really pay attention to his family a lot. Uh, and in st <laughs> he's no longer a news anchor. He has now ran for Congress. And won. And won! And now he's a congressman for some reason. So he moves from Buffalo to Virginia, moves his whole family. And, uh, and why did they turn him into a congressman? I don't know. I don't know. To continue, he's a congressman. They move. His his kids and wife pray, and the wife yes! the wife prays to be closer to her family, and that that makes Evan also pray at night. And he's 
praying. He goes, I just want to be closer to my family, and I want to make the world a better place. And so, God comes, played by Morgan Freeman again, and he's like, hey, Evan. Beautiful. I'm going to need you to do me something then. You're going to have to build an ark. And the there's the plot. It's now become the biblical story Noah's Ark, but with the little twist of him being a junior congressman with a family in modern times. And mm-hmm. he struggles to go on with his daily routine as slowly he's becoming more and more like the biblical Noah. Animals are showing up, big chunks of wood all showing up at his door, uh, following him to his office, making a scene and havoc. He's growing a big old beard. He has to wear silly, shabby clothes from olden times because, you know, that's funny. The kids are all laughing at that. And just he, he perseveres. He perseveres, and finally he listens to the big G.O.D. man, and he builds that dang, that dang, diggly dark, darn arc. That ding, da- that ding, dang arc. <laughs> yeah, he builds it. He cracks down after a quote-unquote touching moment with his wife. Yes. Uh, his kids all agree to help build it, and the family of five, along with some help from some monkeys, an elephant, maybe an alpaca or two, they build the giant arc. And with some thinly veiled plot snicked in right at the end of this scene, we find out that the antagonist, John Goodman, has been uh, selling, making money on the side as he's also a congressman. And he had a whole big dam that the city made. And that dam, they cut corners. Dam. And that cut corner dam on September 22nd, midday, because that's when God said the. The flood September was coming. September 22nd, midday. That is when that dam broke. Everyone in the area popped into that dang young diddly dong dong ark. And everyone was saved as the river of water came through the CGI. And the ark went whoosh, whoosh. And went all through the suburbs into town and landed right there at the Capitol building right in front of John Goodman. As he turned around, he goes, Ooh. oh, crap. And he walks on and out of the ark and sees the ark. Evan has a nice line like, hey. Mind if I park my boat here? A bird Mind if I park shits my boat here. on John Goodman's chest. And suddenly everyone's Whoa. mad at him. Shit. And the movie's over as the family emerges on a hill of a crest as they finally get to go on a hike that apparently they weren't able to go for before because, you know, Dad had a job that he had to work Dad for because he just started it. And God's there again, adding on a very touching note as everyone is sho- enjoying note. sandwiches. That's the movie. Sandwiches. Hallelujah. Praise, Praise the Lord. <laughs> you started reminding me of like one of those southern like preachers and I felt like I needed to like add to in the background of your sermon there. It was really beautiful. My eyes kind of glazed over as I was saying this. I know I said Dane Bigley like five times. You the the spirit of Ned Flanders really took upon took you yeah, and brought you through this biblical journey. Do you know what um <laughs> you know how like some churches when they sing they're like they're like oh and then the Lord he came down. And that's not our church. Our church is like <laughs> our church is like and then the Lord came down to earth and from heaven. And it was good. (laughs) (laughs) 
It was good. And it was good. This film was not. This film was not good. Amen. They weren't fucking alpacas. They were llamas. And they kept calling them alpacas. (laughs) They weren't alpacas. They were llamas. That's the first thing I want to bring up after this. Well, this is... Okay, so I have to be honest. While watching this movie, I was a little bit distracted. I My roommate was asking me how to make TikToks, and she's trying to make um, watercolors out of herbs. It's very exciting. Oh. I was cooking dinner. You know, I had some other things going on as well. So I overheard the kid go like, oh, it's an alpaca. And I was like, an alpaca? Well, by golly, I love those fluffy little things. So I look over and I'm like, oh, that's just a fucking llama. And then they kept calling it an alpaca. And I'm like, it's a llama. And don't get me wrong. Listeners, I don't think you understand. I love llamas and I love alpacas. I love. I have I have a llama-themed bathroom. I have a, a little alpaca figurine in my room that is made of alpaca fluff. So what's, what's I the love difference? Llamas Hold and on. I got to know then. What's the difference between a llama and an alpaca? Llamas are uglier. <laughs> Damn. That was just yeah. harsh. No, that's just the... No, but it's really how you can tell them apart. Like, alpacas have, like, these cute little button faces, and llamas look uh, fucking evil. There's but a farm I in my them town both. That, that, you know, has one of them. It's either llamas or alpacas. Oh. Well, you can... Next time you know, you'll tell. Because but, one of them's got cute little button eyes. Cute little nose. And then the llama's like, I will fucking kill you. I love them. I love them both. They're hilarious. My cousins and I, my grandparents used to take my cousins and I to the Amish country for like three or four years straight. And the one farm had a a llama that we would visit all the time. And we named him Waffles. Waffles. Waffles llama. Oh, we stand. Anyway, that really pissed me off. I'm sure, I was like, get yeah, your fucking like animals yeah. right. Get your animals right. Um, also, but the you know, those, in the... Oh, oh, sorry, continue. I was just going to say, those poor llama alpacas didn't even need to be in the movie. I was just about to say that. Okay, so we're doing Noah's Ark, right? This, this is what we're recreating. We're recreating yeah, yeah, we're Noah's Ark. I want to remind everyone that Bruce Almighty was not a recreation of a biblical story. It wasn't like... Bruce was turning into Jesus, or he was turning into Moses. Like, he was still Jim Carrey. It's just that now he has God powers for a couple days to see what it's like. This movie is like, no, he's literally turning into Noah, and he literally has to build an ark, and he gets no powers. Sure, right? Make him him build an ark, right? That's fine. I can get Mm -hmm. aboard with that. There's no Mm -hmm. reason... Other than to just mess with the poor guy, for God to make him grow a beard, for him to make him grow his hair out, to, to make him force him to wear the those robes. Lobes. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, the robes are time period appropriate. Of course they are. Okay. They did extensive research and consulted with like textile historians to make sure that the fabric, like they like they made the fabric. Uh, they got kind of the same fabric and, like, tried to, like, mess, like, um, 
what's the word? Oh, distress it enough to make them time period appro- so they're time period appropriate robes. It seemed like Just it seemed like God enough. went out of his way to really to fuck with the poor man. Yeah, and and like with everyone around him too, because it was the wife yes. first, the one Gilmore girl who asked for her family to be closer, but he went and talked to Evan. And then it wasn't until his wife left with his kids and they were all distraught and sad that he finally was like, hey, maybe you should uh, go talk to him again. Uh, I don't... Uh, again, he was, he was playing not to with keep his going... Children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, not, not to get... Not to keep going back on to Bruce Almighty, but I will because it's the, sor- it's the source material. And Bruce Almighty, okay, yeah, God was a little bit mischievous, and he had, like, you know, he was a little bit sassy, but he was never, like, like, mean and evil, like, or an asshole. In this movie, he was an asshole. CJ, yes, CJ, you're raising your hand. Yes, yes. I have a question. I, I, um, I have a question. Okay. In Bruce Almighty, did God ever, uh, you know cause multiple houses to be destroyed <laughs> and um, entire streets and businesses to just be severely water damaged, uh, cars <laughs> completely just destroyed and totaled. Anyone that didn't, you know, go inside of this big wooden boat in the immediate area, you know, people in town on the street that probably just fucking died. Did they do that they in Bruce Almighty? Died. The people that didn't, happen no no it didn't happen because morgan freeman was a a good benevolent god in that movie with a little bit of a sassy side now when bruce had god's powers and he had pulled the moon closer to him to make it an incredibly romantic night with his girlfriend or wife girlfriend i'm pretty sure i don't remember if they were married (laughs) or not they so that he can impress jennifer aniston he was uh, he did cause, like, a severe tsunami on the other side of the world that caused serious devastation. But that wasn't God. It was Bruce Almighty as... Well, not Almighty. I forget what his last name is. But he was Bruce with God's powers. The writing seemed very, very lazy. It seemed very lazy. And honestly, it seemed like the most of the actors just had a... They called it in. They phoned it in. They really phoned it in. And I it's love the actors. Funny I, too. I love uh, Gilmore Girl. I can't remember her name. I love yeah, her. Yeah, Gilmore Girl. Yeah, Gilmore Girl. I've never watched Gilmore Girls. Not her. Her performance wasn't great, and to make it even worse, the her the lines she had were terrible. She was not written well for this movie. No, she was not written well, and it's so crazy because he was like. Okay, so she's set up as this extremely, not extremely, but like religious enough person to be like, me and the kids did a prayer circle or whatever, and we all prayed together, and this is what I prayed for, and like kind of being a little bit judgmental about Steve Carell not being into like the whole praying thing. So like, I don't know. So uh, I guess, yeah, if your husband comes up to you and is like, uh, God came to me and told me that I have to build an ark, um, my beard won't stop growing, and he gave me these robes that I can't take off, and all of this wood, and now I'm going to build an ark, because there's gonna be a flood. I guess, yes, on the one hand, you'd be like, what the fuck? 
But if you are that religious, I feel like you'd be like, okay, I guess. Like it, I, it, the beard should give it away. Like the beard, the beard should give it away. You should notice that you know in two days' time. Your husband has a full-on beard. Yes. Also, and this is the thing about the Santa Claus, too. CJ brought up a terrific I had point. a revelation. This movie is just the Santa Claus, but with Noah's Ark. Let me explain, please. Please. Please do. In the Santa Claus, Tim Allen becomes Santa Claus. He gets the yes, big, bushy beard. Does. He has to wear the clothes. He starts to even act like it. In Evan Almighty, Evan starts to become more and more like Noah, getting a scraggly old man beard, having to dress like him. Oh, what a big similarity. In the Santa Claus, Tim Allen doesn't have the best relationship with his family. But through becoming Santa Claus and persevering through the hardships that this brings, he brings it and he gets closer with his family and it's a big old happy family, happy, happy family. And in Evan Almighty. Oh, yeah, continue. Sorry, I was just going to say, it's kind of interesting that both of these movies, the problem is dad is a workaholic that doesn't really interact with his family, and the solution is turn him into a supernatural being. A supernatural Christian being. Like, why is that the solution? Is it that extreme? Anyway, continue. I I mean, it's you said what up. I was gonna say pretty much. Evan Almighty, the dude that also don't got a strong family connection. He needs to be better at it, but through persevering, becoming more like no, he can see, gets that connection. He gets it. He's there, and so that's my essay. They're actually the same movie. I'm pretty sure that Noah wasn't an old man either. I'm sure at some point he was. I mean, oh, y- yes, of course. But I'm pretty sure when he built the Ark, like, I don't know. I don't remember how old his kids were. But I I feel like he wasn't that old to have, like, a white, scraggly beard. Like, he was really rocking the Moses look, honestly. Yeah, like, a stereotypical know. Moses in the 13 Commandments Charlton Heston movie, and not, like, Noah. But... Ladies and gentlemen, I hope now that we've discovered this revelation, this has changed your your thoughts on both movies because they really are the same. They really are just movies. Do that. Is there another one? Pull like a Santa Claus. I don't know. Like, is it is it real? Is it a common? Oh, oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I never Uh, saw the movie. But what about the Tooth Fairy with Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Oh my God! I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. When he. I only saw it like once. I think Jack my Frost. brother liked it. The old movie where Jack... the dad turns into a snowman. Oh my god! <gasps> that this movie is, was. This is the Justice League okay. of bad fathers turning into <laughs> mythological beings. Okay, but to be fair, in Jack Frost, fucking Michael Keaton was dead. It was his ghost in the that fucking is, snowman. Yeah, they had the balls and to he, make it. Pa- more he went to heaven. Then he went to heaven. Is that there was more? fucked up. Let's see. I'm it's the think. Santa Claus. There's no Leprechaun one. <laughs> uh, I'm just like I'm not trying to think of movies. I'm trying to think of like beings these fathers could become, and if and then thinking Easter Bunny. No one's become the Easter Bunny yet, because Hollywood no Hollywood is too afraid. They're not ready for a bunny. They movie. made that movie Hop. 
They did with James Marston. Yeah, but he didn't become one though. <laughs> That's actually one one of my favorite Tumblr posts bringing it back. But it's like, um, it's like Disney parks are like big, incredible sets, and this giant dragon that breathes fire. Universal parades are like, y'all ever seen Hop two thousand nine? <laughs> Because Universal's like Universal's parks parades are like, here's our float with SpongeBob. Here's our float with Hop. <laughs> We've yeah. seen Hop. Hop. Why are we? Why do we still got Hop? Anyway. Okay. Um, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Really... I got another one. I got another one. <gasps> yes. Was Shrek the third the one where Shrek becomes a human man, and he had problems no, with his family Shrek and two. kids? But does that work? Is that no, the same? Sh- is Shrek? Um, he's not a dad, and he also did that to, for his own on his own volition because he mm. thought it. He, he did that because he wanted to make Fiona's life okay. easier. I, I'm I'm trying Man, to. And Shrek two was like the peak now. of a man. Like <laughs> Shrek was peak <laughs> man in Shrek two, and then in Shrek the third he was kind of an asshole, and then in Shrek in uh Shrek four. Shrek Forever After, that's what it was called. I well, feel like he was got, also kind four. of an asshole. We have four movie franchises that all have bad <laughs> workaholic dads becoming mythical. Hey, send us better their send families. us your favorite dad who turns into a mythological or supernatural being to uh, make amends with his kids. We should really make a movie about a dad that turns into Punxsutawney Phil. <laughs> that's That's unclaimed territory right now. <laughs> I almost spit out my water. We ride that Groundhog's Day. Uh, I wasn't ready for Bucks and Tony Let's Phil. do it. Bill Murray <sighs> reprising his role, but this time, he's not a reporter. He's a congressman. And it's Groundhog's Day all over again. Except now, he's the groundhog. Hey, where's this my so shadow? stupid. <laughs> my shadow's gone and you're telling me if i don't get it back then we're gonna have not only six more weeks of winter we're gonna have winter forever oh no coming this june bill murray heroic journey Bill Murray in Phil, the Punxsutawney story. <coughs> Holy shit. <laughs> but to better off the theme, though, it wouldn't be Bill Murray. Bill Murray would decline to do a sequel, and then it would take a secondary character from the movie and have him do it. Oh, my God. It'll be, oh, what's his name? Glasses. Ned. Yeah, Ned. Glasses, Ned. Ned. <laughs> Phil. <laughs> Phil Connors. Yeah. Phil Connors is the groundhog. Oh fuck! I'm gonna fucking die. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would watch it, dude. I would watch the movie. I would. I would. It's only I a matter would. of time I'd before I'd pay it's money. It's only a matter of time. I'd pay money. <laughs> Somebody get in, in in fucking touch with I don't know who produced that Lauren Michaels probably Somebody get in touch with him Oh my god Fuck 
we can't get any better than that. We can't. The bo- <sighs> we Evan Almighty, the <laughs> I mean, you know the story of Noah. It's just a thinly veiled cover of that. Animals follow him. There's there's some physical gags, some, you know, This is my thing about gags. the animals. Because in Noah's Ark, in the story of Noah and the Flood, he collected two of every animal because God was going to destroy the world. And he was like, you have to save the animals. Yeah. And Noah was like, all right. So that's why he had two of every animal on his ark. If God knew that there... By the way, at the end of the biblical story of Noah and the Flood, God creates a rainbow. It's the first time anyone has ever seen a rainbow. Everybody's fucking so psyched about this rainbow. Because the rainbow symbolized... That God would never do something like this again. So maybe if Steve Carell fucking read the Bible, he'd be like, but you said you would never do this again. You made a fucking rainbow. And he would know that maybe God was not serious about a world flood and maybe just a smaller one. Anyway, if God knew that it was only going to be a smaller, more controlled flood in one area that was like a breaking of a dam, why did two of every animal come onto the ark? God was just Why did he bored. need two of every animal? He's bored. Uh, he's taking the piss. He, he's God he was is like, so old. He was just ready to have some fun. He was. So the reason why God's like, there's going to be another flood is because the valley in which Evan and his family have moved to called Pres- Prestige Valley or something like that. Uh, doesn't matter. It's a pretty. Know. It's a. It's a pretty mountainous area that is now being developed and God shows him what it used to look like. And he was like, I was so, he's like Morgan Freeman, like, I was so excited to make something like this. <laughs> That's my terrible Morgan Freeman impression. Um, and he's like, and now it's all ruined and I need your help. Why? You're God. You can just not. You could just get rid of it. This is like when policemen are like, oh, we're so sad about this. And government officials are like, we're so sad about this police brutality. Isn't that your job? Isn't it your job to fix it? God, if you're like, oh, I really miss the way this valley used to be. Well, darn. Like, this is literally your job. Just be like, okay, people, I am moving you all because I miss my old valley. Like, I... Or be like, you know what? The water is inhabitable here. Everybody has to move. I don't understand why he needs to give the onus onto Steve Carell to carry all these animals and an ark. He was just Just bored. be like, I'm going to... Oh, my God. Real, that's the only answer that I can think of. God got bored. And the thing is, he didn't tell Steve Carell, like, oh, like, don't worry about it. Like, yeah, build the ark, but, like... Don't worry about it. It's just going to be like a small controlled flood in like the Virginia, D.C. area. Like it's not like alluding that it's going to destroy the entire world again. I sure Also, can- oh, continue. I was just going to say, I sure hope Evan and, you know, didn't have extended family that he just didn't tell that the world was going to die in a flood because he didn't tell That's him. That's the thing. He didn't tell them that they were gonna that the world was gonna die also did you kept the secret secret from his wife for so long yes for so long until finally she's like what the fuck is going on you look like jesus like 
I don't understand. Anyway, the ark was built um, to scale the way the Bible wrote it. That was a real ark, bud. That was a real ark that they built. A giant, it was, um, it was 450 feet long, 80 feet wide, and 151 feet high. Yay, big ark. A big, and so when, and they, when, (laughs) when they were filmed, it was being built as they were filming. So while they were filming on one part of the ark, they were building it on another part. That's cool, at least. Yeah. It was actually pretty cool. And the whole um, thing about this movie was that they wanted it, like, the theme of the movie is, like, humans are supposed to protect the animals and protect nature because they are God's creatures and you should respect them. So they were like, well, why don't we practice what we preach? And so the Ark... They built this giant-ass ark, and then they tore it down, um, and everything that was salvageable, they donated to Habitat to Humanity. All of the houses that they built, they donated. Um, Oh, that's nice. It was, yeah, it was uh, NBC Universal's first film to offset carbon emissions, so they teamed up with the Climate Project, I believe, uh, to see how much their production, like how much carbon outtake their production would create. And calculated how many trees they would need to plant to even it out. Uh, so they planted uh, 2,050 trees into wildlife refuge refuges um, in the Virginia area. The director bought over 400 bikes for the cast and crew so that they would bicycle to work every day oh, instead of drive. Um, also... Uh, they used recycled cups and plates on set, and for the after party, they'd encourage people to plant trees. They had, like, donations set up, and during the, uh, the flood scene, they specifically asked for none of the trees in the scene be harmed. Oh my god, that's a little so, far. That's a yeah, little that's a far. little much. I mean, they're CGI I, 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 trees. It's nice to know that there was some good from this movie. That, that gives yeah. it some plus, definitely. It did but plus you, it up a little bit. You push a little far with the CGI for no this trees. Movie. Come on. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Because I read that before I watched the movie, and as I was watching it, I was like, Tim, they're right. They didn't touch one fucking tree. Sturdy trees, man. They're really rooted Sturdy in Sturdy fucking trees. They were in there. Mm-hmm. Darn dootin'. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about other mythical beings that fathers turn into. Like, oh god! I'm telling you, I'm gonna put money on the line here, Alexa. I bet you cold hard cash that there will be a movie where a man turns into Cupid. Oh no! Is that a move? Is that a movie? Why does that if sound familiar? It should. It should be one. I'm telling you, it seems. It easy should money. be a man. What am I th- that doesn't oh, have you know what? I'm just thinking about the Tooth Fairy movie again. No, no, no. <laughs> Listen, I got you. I got you the 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 pitch. Here it is. Okay. You get a you get a fucking Jonah Hill character. He is uh, unable to uh, find a woman to love, and so he puts a coin in a wishing well, or or something along those lines. And boom, bada boom, he wakes up. 
And he can't wear any clothes except for the sash. <laughs> and he got tiny little wings on and his hand. And a diaper. Like X-Men. And he's got tiny little wings. Yeah, he has to wear a diaper, unfortunately. But, uh, oh, no. and the world doesn't see him. Or maybe, <gasps> there's two ways this movie could go about. Either the world doesn't see him, and so he can fly around in his wings and, you know, be Cupid, shooting little love arrows at everybody, set being the big old set-up person for romance. And that can go astray, and he can find true love, but he has to set her up with someone else, yada, yada, yada. Or he can be a plain clothes Cupid and have it go like that. Plain clothes Cupid. That could be the title. Plain clothes Cupid. Plain clothes Cupid. I love that. Jonah Hill was in this movie. He was. I was a little shocked. All of a sudden, they're like, "Hey, this is a whatever the intern or whatever," and he's like, "Hi, I'm Jonah Hill," and I was like, "Jonah Hill, what are you doing in here? Go back to super bad, you adorable little child." <laughs> he was so cute. I was like, "Oh my god, he's so cute and little. He doesn't know th- the successful career he has ahead of him." We got a lot I was of work so excited ahead of to us. See him. We have three yeah. movies we have to write. Yeah, we really do. We've got uh, we've got a Cupid movie. We've got we, Phil, a Punxsutawney Punxsutawney story. <laughs> we've got Chuck and Larry the remake, and then we've better. also got the the Seagull and Seagull action. Oh movie. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Man, we got, got a start. Lot. We got a start. We, I know. Who knows? Maybe one of them will be the most sought-after spec script. Oh and then it'll be God. completely changed and turned into Evan Almighty <laughs> 2, the Almightiest. <laughs> or the Devin sequel Almighty. to... Devin Ke- Almighty. Kevin Almighty. Kevin Almighty. It's just the minion, Kevin. <laughs> I could see that being a thing, though. Like that, I, I would, that could happen, dude. They're Which milking one's Kevin. I don't know. Is it the they're tall milking. One? They're milking the minions' property for as much as they got. I hate the minions. I hate the minions. But I did buy minion Entman cook, not Entman Pillsbury cookies. The little picture cookies, those sugar ones. They're yeah. the best. Ooh. But they didn't have any other pictures but minions. But they were on sale, so I was like, I guess I just gotta yeah. eat these fucking minions. You do what you gotta do to get that good cookie in you. Uh, honestly, mm-hmm. I wanted to point out that in the movie, at one point, John Goodman, who, by the way, is a delight. I love seeing him. Every time I'm like, John Goodman, I'm like, oh, fuck yes, John yeah. Goodman time. Yeah. Um, he was like, I think he called him the fifth beetle, or maybe somebody else called Evan the fifth beetle, because he was like, oh, you got to shave, your hair's long, you look like the fifth beetle. And then literally in like the next scene, they play the Beatles song Revolution, but it's sung by Rascal Flats, and I was like, "Why did you set up this joke?" Their and then at another point, their the sun, the soundtrack sure was something. It sure was. I can't believe like they the thing started. It was some of them were so on the nose, like they um, so something about evolution. The uh, oh yes, or are you thinking about revolution to say revolution? No, no, no. There's another song that had that talked about evolution as well. I think evolution. They started with a Credence Clearwater Revival song that's like I wanna know. Have you ever seen seen the the rain? rain? I was like, wow, this is really on the nose for a Noah's Ark story. He has seen the rain. There was another line though. There were some pretty good throwaway lines yeah. that I laughed at, 
when the son walks past and by the way the oldest son is played by young neil in uh scott pilgrim i was like i know that face it's young neil um he passes by his dad he goes huh john lennon good to see you and i was like oh that's pretty good or the other one was when the son his youngest son conveniently loves animals and animal facts so he knows all about what these animals are doing he knows when a when a storm is coming the and all animals like sit down and wait which i don't know how true that is but that's what he said but he randomly blurts out an argentinian duck's penis is as large as his body and steve Crow goes wow that's huge he must be proud and then just like continues on and i was like yeah. The duck should be proud. And I, I like that they even called back to that when uh, Steve Carell, Evan, is in the meeting room first time with John Goodman. He yes. awkwardly says that exact fact to try and, you know, break the ice some more. And John just looks at him and goes, you're a weird kid. People are people are very forgiving about weird things that are happening. I feel like the minute I was John Goodman and I walked into Steve Carell's office and he is surrounded by like no less than 50 birds, I'd be like, get the fuck out. It's like, what do you mean? Bird party. Actually, there was another good line where John Goodman, who has like a vague Southern accent, I'm not sure. He's like, what's the meaning of all this? And Steve Carell goes, the, he got a little bit of, he goes a little bit of drawl. Steve Carell goes, which is another line that I kind of laughed at. He goes, these are birds. And just like kind of smiled. And I was like, these are birds. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people. I'm with you. I'm with you. These are birds. I just, the minute that I saw fucking John Goodman in there with all those fucking birds. And then John Goodman's like, when he's in the office and he's, talking about Argentinian duck penises and John Goodman's like, this is the white wolf and the white wolf is the leader of the pack and blah, blah. Uh, uh, he's got like a fish tank in the office and all the fish are following Steve Carell everywhere he goes behind him. And John Goodman notices. He's like, oh, the fish are following you like you're bait on a hook. And he's like, the fish follow you? The birds follow you? Well, let's make sure some congressmen follow you. And I'm like, John, hello? What the fuck do you think is going on here? Yeah. Or the the people, uh, Steve Carell tries to walk out of the house in his regular suit, not in his Noah, uh, not in a, I don't know why my brain is like, call him Moses. He's not Moses. Noah, because he looks like Moses. But he's supposed to be Noah. He walks out in his Noah ro- in his uh, without his Noah robes in a, t- a suit and tie, and God uses his God powers to rip off his suit and tie, and just like make him naked, and like people don't notice that. And then he's like, during a congressional hearing, he's like, uh, "God told me that I have to build an ark because there's going to be a huge flood," and like his suit flies off of him, and now he's in a robe, and nobody's like, "I was kind of fucked up." Everybody just thinks he's having an emotional breakdown, including fucking John Stewart of The Daily Show. I can't believe he was he did that cameo. God just got bored. He just wanted to have some fun, and he took it out on poor little Evan. I mean, he really did. I think that this version of God is a dick. Like, he's <laughs> such a dick. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. With you. I'm with you. I just, 
the other in Bruce Almighty, yeah, I had a mischievous side, but like he was like, well, no, you're my children and I love you. And Bo, like, I don't know. He seemed very much like a, like a nice, good God. And this one, he's like a, he's more of a Loki yeah. than anything. Good point. Yeah. He's a dick. The CGI was awful in this movie. Alexa, it's now time for some reviews. Ooh. Here we go. This is from YouTube because I rented this off of YouTube. Man. I think all of the money that we're spending on movies, we're going to have to start collecting the receipts and sending them in for tax deductions at the end of the year. I would love that. I would love that. We should. (laughs) Here's the first comment. Best part of this movie was the saving of every single precious animal. Great movie. Watched it because of all the beautiful wildlife, which made it a great movie to watch. Animals didn't even need to be there. But I loved them. All life is precious. Yeah, right. All life is precious. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe... I'm sorry. I'm still on this. I can't believe that he collected all the animals. He collected all the animals. And then at the end, at the end, they totally flood the government. uh, They flood Washington, D.C. And then they're like in a park... And there, are, Ed Helms is a, is a is a uh, an, a news anchor, and he's like, oh well, uh, I wonder where how all these animals are going to go back to their natural habitats. And then like one of the characters, maybe one of the children, I don't know, they're like, well, God, if they came here by God, they will leave by God or some bullshit like that. And I'm like, but why were they here in the first place? What were you saying? It would have made more sense if they were, if Steve Carell was not a congressman, perhaps he worked at a zoo. He was a zoo man. <laughs> yeah, He was right. a zookeeper. A zoo man. He was not a zoo-man, and he was not, uh, he, he, this wasn't a, a spinoff of Bruce Almighty or anything. He was just a zookeeper, and maybe he was, like, fighting, con- maybe he did run for Congress because he wanted to protect the animals, and then he got this job in Congress, and he was neglecting the animals and his family because he cared more about local politics, and then they, John Goodman is like, well, I got this bail, and it's gonna kill all of the animals, and Steve Carell's like, oh, no, and then God is like, I need you to build an ark because there's going to be a flood, and then he's like, oh, but I have all these animals, and then they get the animals on the ark and that's like the only good reason i could think about animals being on the fucking ark when they didn't have to hey be. man once again you and i are just small significant changes just make the movie better i feel like god just took over me for a moment and was like tell <laughs> my story <laughs> there you go tell the story of the zoom in i do have another youtube review Oh, please do. Sorry, I totally derailed that. You're good. You're good. Continue. I want to read this one in a southern voice because I feel like it should be. Okay. Thank you. Really nice movie (laughs) for these days. I hope you love the Lord God, Father in Heaven, and his young son, Yeshua. Don't sell your soul for more movie stardom. See the light. Find the truth. Read scripture. Leave Hollywood. Blessings, love, and repentance. Brothers and sisters in faith. <laughs> That's it? That is it. So this person was like, 
thank you. This was a cute movie. Now leave Hollywood before your sins. Yeah, leave. Leave Hollywood. Take right now. you. Steve Carell, no. leave Hollywood. Steve Carell was paid $5 million for this movie. That was also yeah. why the budget was so big. I mean, if I was in that position, I'd be like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll do this it movie. Got Fuck to, it. Yeah. It got to the point where, like, Sony was funding it, and then finally they were, they gave it over to Universal, which, like, yeah, it's like, I think they both are part of the same company, but they were like, Universal, you got to take this. Steve Carell wants $5 million. That's enough. Here is a one-star Amazon review. This is by Joan Courtright. I was going to say Joan of Arc? Nope. Uh, it got one star, and she said, I didn't watch it. I didn't know I had ordered the instant vision. In fact, I had never heard of this way to view a movie. I thought I had ordered a DVD of this movie. I think I should just get a refund. This is very confusing to elderly folks. Joan Cartwright. Joan. Oh, I feel so bad. She bought the she bought the movie and now it's on her Amazon account and she has no idea. She just wants the Evan Almighty DVD to show to her <coughs> church. Here's the next one. Now, it's a bit of a long one, so I'm going to try and read it as fast as I can. Are you ready? Mhm. This is from 2008, Kindle customer. One star, as unwatchable as a movie as you can get. Are you ready? Deep breaths. I love both Laura Graham. Memo to Hollywood, put her in something, please, and Steve Carell. So I figured this movie couldn't be that bad, but it was. I can honestly say that this movie completely devoid of any wit of intelligence. My friend and I both fans the Carell and especially Graham, but just over halfway to the point, we were in misery. We finally skipped to the final two chapters of this DVD just to see how it ended, but all in all, it was a pretty torturous experience. I'm becoming increasingly concerned about Steve Carell's movie career. I've been a fan of his for a long time. In fact, I saw him on stage years before he ever appeared on TV or in movies as part of the Second City in Chicago. <laughs> Where he did an incredibly memorable impersonation of Fabio. In the previous scene, he had been wearing a suit, so he merely took off the jacket and shirt and put on a long wig and stood in front of a fan that would blow his hair back. I followed him with joy on The Daily Show. He liked him in various sporting film roles, leading up to The Office and The 40-Year-Old Version, and has seen him most of... Most of, the, if not all of his movies, but let's face it, his movies of late have not been absolutely miserable experiences. In fact, the movies I've seen in this last year, the two worst, might, just might be Evan Almighty and Dan in real life. The last movie that I say can say that I generally enjoyed that he was in was Little Miss Sunshine. <sighs> Laura Graham, where are you? For most of this decade, Laura Graham was my favorite actress on TV. I honestly think she's the fu funniest comic actress in the history of the TV. Yes, I like her more than Lucille Ball. Since the end of the Gilmore Girls, I've wanted in vain for her to reemerge, and her movie roles have been far and few between. I like Bad Santa, but that was about it. Hollywood needs to find a new vehicle for her to considerable talents. Unfortunately, based on Evan Almighty, you wouldn't think she had any. Frankly, I'm really unhappy about the state of comedy in Hollywood right now. I personally don't care for films like Dad Apatow Collective. Too much sophomoric humor, not of genuine wit, no romance to speak of, as was the case with the great screwball comedies of the past, and I think they've exerted an unhealthy influence on the comedy as a whole. The only comedic film of the past year that I've enjoyed was Juno, which I enjoyed for the very much indeed. My favorite film genre is romantic comedy, but there simply have been no great repentant comedies in recent years. <sighs> Broad, oh my god. Broad on funny farces like Evan Almighty seem to be all that we get. Hollywood needs to find the new Meg Ryan and get their comic career and back to get into gear. I know this may sound like... I know this is getting good some good reviews here, but I can't imagine any serious movie about finding this to be anything but awful. The film critics at University Blasted this. Have you seen a very large number of movies? The kind of person who has watched a couple hundred for a year for several years. It's just impossible to enjoy the movie. If you're a more casual watcher of movies, averaging only a few dozen a year, the film might be... might dupe you. Be warned. I have grown so old. <laughs> and 
I'm so weary. Three phone screenshots later. That, I mean, listen, some points were made. Some points were made. The movie wasn't good. Comedy at that time was kind of up in the air. They mentioned Dan in real life. That's another movie on our 2007 list. And Juno, another movie we haven't watched on our 2007 list. Thrilled for that. I loved Juno. Never watched Dan in real life. I've never watched the Gilmore Girls, and I completely forgot. I've never seen Bad Santa. Didn't know that Gilmore Girls lady was in Bad Santa. I do have another review. Oh, fuck yeah. This one's from Sassafras, 2008. One star. Sassafras. Says, God awful. (sighs) Oh, God. If I was God, I would strike with lightning everyone involved in this stupid thing. I was trapped on a flight to Hong Kong, and it was watching this or License to Wed. What were they thinking? Or knocked up? What were they snorting? I know the writers of this pile of excrement had had hits in the past, so I guess they thought any grocery list they'd write would be good enough for the Nobel Prize. So many holes, where to start? Why did Evan have to have a beard and wear ancient biblical clothing? Did time start stop at 0 BC? Why did they show Evan falling off piles of lumber and hitting his thumb with a hammer? Not once, but it wasn't remotely funny, but over and over and over. I knew this then that this movie would be trouble. Big trouble. This was such a wretched movie, I got, got out of my seat and looked out the plane's door window and found that staring at miles of nothing but open seas was much more entertaining. And I wondered, where had all the real talent gone? I found myself thinking, if those responsible for this crap were on the plane, I'd throw them off. Sorry, God. I forced myself to watch this dreadful thing Sorry, ending on God. cable and TV. Yeah, why were all these animals, um, some were sets of two males, not male and female, brought in for such a short time? Uh, uh, brought in for such a short flood. Sick, also of John Goodman, whose body of work has shrunk down to cliches with the same sour look on his face that he smells himself, and it ain't good. Well, maybe he smelled the script. And dear Morgan Freeman, he's such a great actor. Did he need the money this badly? I heard this film was one of the costliest comedies in history. I don't think it earned back what it cost to make. Let that be a lesson. I hereby swear off all Steve Carell movies from here on out. All of them. They're going to miss such good ones like Anchorman and Anchorman 2. Anchorman 2 was great. Anchorman 2, unfortunately, was not great. Anchorman 2 was like four different movies in one movie. They couldn't decide what they wanted to do. 100% agreed. Yeah. (sighs) Where to begin? I have to say, you know what? I completely forgot to bring that up. The wood, the lumber scene was so goddamn annoying. They showed like four different of the same shots of Steve Carell hitting himself in the thumb with a hammer. You'd think he'd learn. You'd think he'd learn. I know. And then, Alexa, I want you to refresh my memory. How was the language in this movie? Did they use a lot of foul language? No. I mean, they said penis a bunch of times. Anything else, though? I'm going to say no. Because I have two five-star Amazon reviews I'd like to read to you. Oh, God, yes. This first one, and I will say, I'm just going to say everything that I have here. The person's name is Canadian Gypsy. That's a slur. I know. You want to hear what they say? I guess so. 
any movie which does not have swear word after swear word or other profanity already gets five stars from me. I mean, oh, really, people. It. You're watching a movie, say, from World War II, and reg regular folks are swearing and using profanity. If it's going out of style, highly doubt it. Nothing drives me more nuts than watching a movie which is period-specific, and you darn well know the language isn't used in correct timeline. But with this movie, it's a champ. Great, great movie. Wonderful content. I used it for my Sunday school class. It's that good and yeah. cute. And then Sticks Ray also period? says, we have another review that says, the kids and I laughed a lot, loved the lions, and the alpacas. Story was good. Hit a good family Fake movie. alpaca fans. Some people complained about the language, but it was only a couple items, and the bad language was hardly noticeable. Network TV is far worse. I feel like penis is really bad. I feel like I would rather hear shit and piss and sucks before I heard the word penis. <laughs> uh, I Maybe mean, it's me. I think I think all those words should be allowed. Yeah, they should all just of them. Normalize. If you just normalize it could be like, those words, they're not going to be that bad. It could be like the 80s version of PG before PG-13 was a thing and they were allowed to have one fuck in yeah, a PG yeah. movie. Like yeah. in Spaceballs. That's it with my comments and reviews. This one was a doozy. Yeah. Um, they also, the, the movie got in trouble uh, with PETA. Um, oh, did they? As one does. So the American Humane Association oversaw 177 species of animals in this movie. Um, they, the animals were mostly CGI. It was just for like some close-up shots and stuff like that, that they actually used real animals. But PETA accused them of using abused animals. Um, two of the chimps were surrendered by their owners to settle a lawsuit of accusing them of beating and mistreating their chimps, which I feel like if you weren't beating and mistreating them, you wouldn't surrender them to settle the lawsuit. You think Doc Antle? that's just me. Do you think Doc uh, Antle used any of this? I was trying to look and see if it was Doc yeah. Antle, but You're I couldn't find, find anything. Eventually we'll I find it. I couldn't. Um, they also criticized the animal supplier. This is the thing. They were criticizing the animal supplier, which was called like Birds and Animals Unlimited. And I don't think that's Doc Antles. Um, but they uh, criticized them for failing to give vet care and failing to provide shelter from the sun. Uh, but the director was like, well, most of the animals are rescues. And they're not really fit to go back into the wild because they were raised in captivity. But he was also like, you know what? I respect it. We are making a movie with animals. You can only do so much. That being said, PETA fucking sucks. Don't fucking support PETA. PETA, PETA literally kills animals for publicity. They're awful. I fucking hate them. Uh, so, the I will tell you. Oh, uh, okay. I'm looking up Doc Antle, and it is confirmed yeah. that he did work on Ace Ventura. Okay. And Ace Ventura 2. So there's a good okay. chance, because didn't you say it's the same people that worked with that? It's the same director and writer, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a chance, then. There's a chance. Oh, God, that dude's got to get fucking arrested. He probably lended that fucking elephant to brats, too. Oof. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it was called for a ban in Malaysia 
by Malaysia's Muslim Consumers Association because they, yes, they depicted the Great Flood as a comedy and they also portrayed God as a person, which is blasphemous because in the Muslim faith, you can't show God as a person. Um, But they, and they also petitioned it for Bruce Almighty too, but they still released the movies. Everything was fine. So I guess it worked out. Uh, It's got a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was huge with churchgoers. Um, I can tell because, from the reviews yeah, I've read. But it only made, um, I think the budget was 200 I said. I think it only made $173 million. This, this movie wasn't great. I wasn't. I hated all of the close-up shots of him shaving his nose. Yeah, that awful. was. Awful. <laughs> well, that was something that happened. That was awful. Also, the opening credits were eight minutes long. They were going for eight minutes. Wow, really? Yes. CJ, they did the opening of the movie. <laughs> they did the opening of the movie. They did uh, him be, become it, going from being a reporter and an anchor to being a congressman, showing a montage of him winning, them moving to Virginia, the whole scene of them being like, oh, I prayed for you, and that's when the credits stopped. Like, we were still going, like, I was watching, and I was like, oh my god, are the credits still going? And I was like, we're eight wow. fucking minutes in. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a- it was a lot of fucking credits. Um, Evan has the same birthday as my brother, June 15th. Congratulations. Happy birthday. His yeah. his birthday just passed. Happy birthday, Evan. Uh, there was a birthday boy. <laughs> there was a, a a background shot of a, a movie marquee that said the 40-year-old Virgin Mary. I saw that. And, and I was I did, like I did really like that. I'm like, "All right. That, that was nice. good. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. good. Give a little shout out to his last movie. It was pretty mm-hmm. good." Mm-hmm. Um what else did I like? Oh, that guy in the crowd. Have you ever watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Yes. Okay. You know, like, the boss who sings the Getting By song? I I'm get, get, so. get, get, getting by. I'm yeah. getting by. So good. He was in the crowd of the... Yes. And he was <laughs> like, with the chance of crazy. That was do, him. Uh, yes, yes, you're right. Yeah. I'm sorry, this is so random, and I don't know, this is so unrelated, but in the scene where Morgan Freeman talks to Evan's wife and is like, you know, the story of Noah is actually a story about love and about how they, as a family, like, they got through this terrible thing together, and she, like, comes to this realization, and she's like, yes. And then they cut to, like, a shot closing in on her fish sticks on the table. Oh, I know why. What was that? Why? It's because... The only reason she leaned it over and talked to the man who ended up being God was because she wanted to get another plate of food for her kids. Oh! Yeah. CJ, I even rewound it, and I was like, (laughs) what is with the fish sticks? I didn't get it. I was, like, wondering what the significance of it was, and then I'm, like, racking my brain, and I'm like, well, fish are a big symbol in in biblical texts. Like, is it supposed to be, like, a really deep joke that I'm not getting? I thought the the script really tried for a minute. I don't know. The flood causes so much unnecessary damage, too. Like... 
Like, yeah, all dude, their like, houses fuck- are destroyed. All the houses are destroyed. Everybody's stuff is destroyed. Also, the only people that got on the Ark were the people that were standing outside, a couple policemen, camera crews, and then, like, uh, Evan's advisors, which included Wanda Sykes. Like, they were, uh, and, and Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill was on the boat. But, like, what if, like, Grandma was in the house? They're dead. Grandma's dead. Many, Grandma's many fucking people died. dead. Yeah, definitely. So many people died in this movie. And then, like, and the flood rushes. It's PG. And then the flood rushes through all of Washington, D.C. Like, yeah, dude, fuck the government for real. But, like, what the fuck? This was actually a pretty anti-government movie now that I think about it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the small little things of substance they did have, it was, like, anti-government and you got to love your family for all they got and pro event environmentalism yeah yeah, like so pro environmentalism like steve carell starts the movie and he's got a fucking hummer which is a gas guzzler yeah and is there and then there's like that one line where he's like i don't know they're building something in his new house and the builder's like well you could use this kind of wood or you could use this beautiful cherry wood like yeah the the rainforest people are gonna yell at you but it's like a 300 year old piece of wood and steve crow's like well that's gonna start holding my plates and i'm like oh this isn't subtle at all and then there he finds a yes and he finds a stray dog and he's like i hate animals they're gross awful and then and then at the like when god is talking to him and he's like you know you just gotta be kind to others actually he said i wrote it down he says one act of random one act of random kindness at a time and the way he said the reason why he says that is it's because the a in act the r in random and the k in kindness spell arc but he's telling steve carell this whoa man Whoa, man. That's trippy, dude. Mind blower. He's telling telling Steve Carell this, and he's like, well, you know, you can be kind to other people, and that's how you can start to change the world. And he, like, demonstrates this by giving the stray dog water. And I was like, oh, the next scene is he's going to be like, hey, kids, like, I brought home this dog. No, the dog is still astray, and he's still being like, oh, fuck this dog. What was the point of that? I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know either. That's the movie, I think though. The... No, that's not the movie. CJ, this movie is not over until we talk about the dance. Please, go ahead. The dance is a stupid little dance that Steve Carell does. And he's like, I'm going to do the dance. And it's just like a stupid little white man shimmy. Like, whatever. He does the dance. But... He... I think I counted he does the dance like seven or eight times in the movie. And they always point it out. And they're like, oh, good time to do the dance. Oh, we're doing the dance. Oh, dad, don't make me do the dance. Oh, we're doing the dance. It's it's not that funny. The dance is not that funny. They made it out what to the seem fuck? like it was hilarious. It was not fun. It was, it was like that the, the joke before where he just keeps hitting his thumb with the hammer Except it was through the whole movie. And then at the end, okay, you know what? At the end, when Morgan Freeman meets him on the hill, on the grassy knoll, when they go hiking underneath 
uh, an olive tree and whatever, and they talk it out, and they're like, let's do the dance. I thought that was kind of cute and heartwarming and whatever. But, like, the whole movie, we're just talking about the dance? That wasn't funny. I didn't like it, CJ. I didn't like the dance. I'm with it you. wasn't it was a good lame. joke. And then at the end, this is the craziest part about this movie. So the whole movie, okay, it's like a mediocre Christian film. I also wanted to say that this movie is so much more fucking religious than Bruce Almighty. Like Bruce Almighty, it's like God exists. Um, be be good to others as others would be to you, uh, and that's that. This movie, from the moment it starts, it's like, you better fucking love God. Do you love God? Love him. Jesus, too. He's here. He's here, and he's back with a vengeance, baby. It's God. Coming this fall, God's back, but this time with a vengeance. (laughs) It's a double feature with a film, the Puxitani story. It's just, like, this movie was so, so, so religious from the get-go. Like, Bruce Almighty was a PG-13 comedy with religious uh, undertones, I would say, and, like, a religious theme. This movie, from the moment it starts, it's like, Bible stories, Jesus, praying, God, we love it all. It's all here at the fucking God's Are Us. Like, we were all (laughs) in. And so... Okay, whatever. So we have this stupid little biblical story that is generally fine for families, except for a lot of penis references. Whatever. Movie ends. And then all of a sudden there's a shot of uh, Morgan Freeman as God in heaven. And he has like a, a slab, like the Ten Commandments, except it's commandment number 11. And he goes, commandment number 11. Thou shalt do the dance. And then everybody dance now comes on. And then it's just like the cast having fun during the credits dancing, but doing the dance. And I'm like, enough, enough with the dance. I can't believe it. Like really, that could have been a bonus feature in Staples. It really, yes, it really patted itself on the back and was like, boys, we fucking earned this. We did it. We did it. We earned this dance no one's danced like this before oh <sighs> what did you think what do you think is better this movie or a pure flicks movie or what a pure flicks movie have you ever watched a pure flicks movie what is that okay so pure flicks is a movie studio that makes um religious christian is movies that, is that who does like god's not dead God's not dead. He's surely alive. He's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. Yes, that's a song from it. (laughs) But is that pure flicks? Yes, it's pure flicks. Um, They make God's Not Dead, God's Not Dead Two. They made a movie about the a girl who uh, was in the who died in the Columbine shooting. Oh Jesus! Um, yes, who was a Christian, and it was like, oh, it's so sad. She died because she was a Christian, and not because it was the that's Columbine. Fu- that's fucked up. Oh, dude, yeah, their movies are really fucked up. Like, it, they're not great. The pure, the like, God's not dead. I remember I had a couple friends that were like, oh no, it's like a really good movie. It's got like a good message, and I watched it and I was like, oh, this is a nightmare. Like, it's 
so very intolerant of other people's beliefs and other people's lifestyles and like basically a lot of them boil down to like if you're not a christian you deserve to die like it's bad i only know it from like the trailers i believe and it seemed very um egotistical of its own self yes yeah they're really sucking their own dicks in those movies the song if i watched it would i enjoy just making fun of it like is it that kind of movie? yes it-, it might make you really mad but it also is kind of ridiculous okay all right um and the song is gonna get stuck in your head i will sit there and i'll be like god's not dead he's surely alive he's living on the inside roaring like a lion and like that's all i know and it'll be god's stuck in my not head. dead I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if I ever watched this or a pure flicks movie. At least this is kind of harmless and did a lot of good. Yeah. Yeah. The the post-production good they did with the uh, environment. Really yeah. Does the environment was really, really good. That's dope of it. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a back. terrible movie. It's no. not a good movie. It. I, I would say this is just lukewarm lukewarm yeah i mean like it wasn't an enjoyable experience but it wasn't a bad experience like i had a passive viewing experience um i wouldn't recommend it unless you know maybe you're religious and you want like a i don't know i i'm like a i come from a religious family i I like a good religious movie if you want a good religious comedy watch bruce almighty it's good that's better so i and i don't come from a religious family but um after i finished watching the movie today and before we set up i was talking to my cousin on discord and i told him i just watched evan almighty and he was like oh oh, oh, don't you dare say anything bad about it because shut up he and i both watched it when we were little and he's like i remember loving that movie don't you ruin it and i'm like joe buddy it does not hold up it doesn't hold hold up yeah this was one of those reverse uh situations where cj's seen the movie and i hadn't haha I am Aha. Now. I'd like to thank this movie for one thing, though. Found out that somebody uh, did build a real uh, giant arc re- replica, like life-size. It's called the Ark Experience. It's in Kentucky, and you can go. It's 50 bucks. They I have exhibits in there. Yes, I went on the website. They have exhibits in there. They have a graphic novel about... Um, how straying from the path of Jesus will ruin your life. Um, so I was, I really fell deep and I was like, I kind of want to go to the Ark experience. And then that led me to the Holy Land experience website. And I was absolutely losing my mind at the dining options. There's like, it's like Ruth's Cafe, Mary's Market. Oh, my favorite, The Last Snack. Like The Last the Supper. Last. I Here, CJ. you can have this bag of checks mix and then you will die for our sins. It's also fifty dollars to go. It's right yeah. by Universal. CJ, if we go to Florida again together with our friend group, can we please just take a day to go to the Holy Land experience? I I'm love nothing more. I'm obsessed with it. Since I, since it opened, I've been obsessed with it. And just the thought and the concept of going to a theme park that's Jesus-themed. I was I really fell into a deep, deep hole this afternoon at work. It went from, oh, let's research Evan Almighty to, oh, here's a ARC experience to let's just check in and see All how right. the Holy Land experience is doing. 
so I, I'm just trying real quick. I, I won't. We won't delve in for too long. But a Jesus themed theme park, they have to have a a ship ride that's Noah's Ark that goes like oh, from one side sure. to the other, right? For sure. There has to be a wave pool where a kid can stand somewhere and like and put down the staff. And part it like Moses. A, yeah, dude. Beyblades, let it rip. Uh, Beyblades. There. What else? I mean. Um, oh, Adam this, and this Eve. This one's bad. Garden of know, Eden. You oh. know those um, cardboard standees where you can stand behind it, put your face inside. <laughs> yeah. There could be one of Jesus up on the cross. Up on the cross. No. Yikes! <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> can you get your? Can you get like face painting, but it's just as your favorite biblical characters? <laughs> How would that work? Out? I thought you I might would... have said like a cross or something. <laughs> No, I want my face. Uh, I want to look like um, I want to look like Noah before the flood. <laughs> there could be um, performances where you, they get magicians to walk on water and turn bread into you know yes. more bread. Yes, and water into wine. That would be sick. And then at at some point, a bunch of Romans can come in and then just kill everyone because. <laughs> Because we're not we're not a part of this. Pontius Pilate is there. Judas is there. So so you're That's in a how the park group. closes each night. They release the Romans. <gasps> no. I was gonna say, so you're in a tour group, right? And then in yeah, your group yeah. you don't know the other people. And then halfway through your tour, all of a sudden, some guy goes to one of the Roman like actors and they're like that's Jesus, sir. And then they arrest you. And that was Judas the whole time. They planted him in your tour group. Yeah, hi. To, I, make, I have to, to make you feel safe. Hi, uh, I played Judas in the Jesus theme park. <laughs> yeah, I tried going for Disney. They didn't want me as Kylo Ren, so, <laughs> so I'm Judas now. <laughs> so, yeah, I do like five shows a day. It's not bad. I mean, I get free lunch at the last snack, so... I do get cursed out a lot. Yeah. They just say, like, frick you, darn you to hell. They heck. say traitor. Yeah. Heretic. Amazing. <laughs> I want to go to the Holy Land experience so bad. I do, too. I feel I like really I would... It would I, I would be mean if I went, but also I just have to go. I have to look at it. I was looking at the map. I was like... What's the wilderness section? Jesus Junction. Jesus Junction. Sorry, I just got flashback to when I was in the chil- in a musical called Children of Eden right out of high school. And I remember why there's wilderness. Because they're lost in the wilderness. You know what? The Children of Eden is a really good analogy, a really good comparison to this movie in Bruce Almighty. Because the first the first act of children of eden uh is about adam and eve and then like it's adam and eve and then cain and abel and then uh eve sings this beautiful ballad at the end but that's only the first act like it wraps itself up and then the second act it's like boom it's noah's ark for some reason now we're doing noah's ark it's super short and it resolves itself very quickly and it's like you're watching it and you're like what was the point of this it's kind of like Bruce Almighty and Evan Almighty. Bruce Almighty, you're like, wow, it was a pretty fun comedy. It wrapped itself up. What's this? I don't know. Throw Noah in there. Figure out what happens. And there you have it. 
Yeah. And there you have it. That is Evan Almighty. Overall, Mm-mm. you don't need to watch it. You know it. Don't watch it. Unless, like I said, unless you're like a, unless like, like that lady said, you got a Sunday school, you want to shut up? Sure. Just bleep out the penis parts. Oh, yeah. The pengus. That has been every comedy movie in the year 2007. Uh, follow us on our socials. Every comedy in 2007 on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, stop me from adopting two adorable guinea pigs that are unfortunately named Chuck and Larry. I tweeted do, them. You do you. And I you want you. them. <laughs> I can't. I don't the have heart, the money for them. The heart but like, wants what the heart wants. How fun would it be to have little podcast mascots named Chuck and Larry? I can't. CJ, you're going to have to do it. How about this? You get one and I'll get one. <gasps> oh my gosh. That'd be so cute. It'd be like Romeo and, and Juliet, except it's Chuck and Larry. And they're married and we'd officially be in-laws. There you go. Oh, this is sounding better and better. Oh my God, no, I can't. I don't have the money. <laughs> yeah. I don't Thank have the you. money. Thank you very much, <laughs> Gina Royale, for use, letting us use her song 20 something off her album Yellow. Thanks, Gina. Thank you, Gina. <laughs> and now, Alexa, at the same time, We'll say the words we say at the end of every podcast that we definitely know exactly what they are and totally we don't definitely don't every fuck time. it up every time. We definitely I've never don't fuck done it up. I've never fucked anything up in my life. Here we go. <laughs> Three, two, one. We'll see you we'll here. We'll see you in, in two thousand seven. Wait, I got it. We'll see you here in two thousand seven. And it was good. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, seven.